will sing of an English king a thousand years from now. And not because he passed some laws or had that lofty brow. While Bonnie Good King Richard leads the great crusades on, we'll all have to slave away for that good-for-nothing John. Incredible as he is inept, whenever the history books are kept, they'll call him the phony king of England. Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we continue our discussion of King John. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything else theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com slash lionfaceproductions. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Shakespeare and at ShakespearePod on Twitter. And now, on with the show. Like, Izzy, I'm not getting you a full record rip. Like, everybody's, like, like around, like, like listening in. I was like... And and Hannah goes, no, you had snacks and stuff. You can't have a full rack of ribs. I want a half rack of ribs. You had snacks and stuff. How about a quarter rack meal? Comes with some, like, baked beans and stuff. Nope. Okay, fine. And, like, the people are looking at me, I was like, she'll eat a full rack of ribs. (laughs) And, like, the people that are making the barbecue are like, look at this, like, (laughs) this little white girl, like... (laughs) I was like, I was like, don't even doubt me. This kid will, will she will put down a rack of ribs. She probably put down the half rack. Easy. She, she, no, she mouthed through the quarter that we got her, and she probably would have eaten more. <laughs> Hannah got a turkey leg the size of her head. You tricked my kids into eating meat. <laughs> no, Izzy's like, Izzy's like, I want some ribs. Well, you guys saw my Facebook post. Yeah, she's I like, love she's, that. she's like, she's like, dad, dad, my tummy. Dad, can I get up from the table? Why, Izzy? I gotta walk down them ribs. It's like the best the best thing anyone has ever said to me is I gotta walk down them ribs. And it came from my five year old daughter. There are a variety of things that your daughter has said that are like the best things. I have well, I have I have one of my favorite sayings from my daughter on a t shirt that I got for Father's Day one year. So I, I like does it say Beth? You're my favorite because that's my favorite thing she says. No, it does not say that. Um, she told me that. I, she's never said that. But <laughs> every time she sees any, it. Anyway, uh, no, Hannah had gotten like some like good donuts, like gourmet donuts, and brought them home. They were for, Holy Toledo. Yeah, they were from Holy Toledo. I know where she buys the good donuts. Yeah, they were from, they were from Holy Toledo, and she brought them home because she knows that I love good donuts. I need to make a business call. <laughs> And, uh, but she brought them home, and, like, they're amazing donuts from Holy Toledo, so if you've never had Holy Toledo donuts before, you need to. Um, because Chase is recording this, I know that will make it in. Yeah. Um, but, like, Izzy looks at me, and she goes, like, this is, like, an hour after we've eaten these donuts for breakfast, and she goes, hey, it's about time for another one of those donuts you have in there. (laughs) She pauses. She goes, yep, about that time. <laughs> I legitimately have a shirt, like, has a speech bubble on the front of it that says, my daughter saying, it's about time for another one donuts you have in there. And on the back it says, yep, about that time. She's so funny. She's <laughs> like, so the funny. shit my daughter says. Um, but I think we've probably got, like, 17 minutes yeah, nineteen thirty minutes. I cut a lot of the work talk. We're at three. It's a lot of. We got of, a lot of cold open here. It's true, and so I don't. I, I don't have talk, a good segue. Well, I think it's time to talk about what we're cold opening for. About King John Boy. That's King right, King John Boy. This is the Shakespeare podcast. It's not about my kid talking donuts and ribs. It should be. But it, I could do an entire podcast about my kid talking <laughs> I, donuts and ribs. You got me in a mood for some food right now, and Speaking I cannot of food, get that right now. Let's talk about what happens when a monk poisons you. When a monk oh, there we go, poisons found your one, food, you find found your one, segue. Found a segue. So yeah, this is the Shakespeare podcast, episode 20. 2-0, folks. We're, we're out of the teens. Are we syndicated now? Sure. We're in syndication <laughs> okay. now. Right on the Stitcher podcast catcher. I don't know what that means. And the iTunes. I'm the worst podcast. And the Googles. 
Ooh, all of the Googles. Yeah, we're on the Googles. Googles. You can search us on the Googles and you'll find us. Um, But I am Ryan Halfhill. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenlee. I'm Chase Greenlee. And we are definitely Shakespeare and we have definitely been drinking. It's true. Which is the whole point of this is we drink and we talk Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we have to drink a lot more... To talk about this fucking play. Can I so, tell my joke now? Yes. yes you, you've waited two weeks for Cassie Greenlee to tell this fucking joke. And the thing you is, know, I don't do you know think... how I know you're a middle child? Can I tell this joke now? I'm a middle child, too. I get it. <laughs> you were waiting, and I could probably continue to silently interrupt you. Eventually, she'll shank you. Maybe. No, that's what middle children do. Eventually, we shank no, you. No, I can get her up to, like, level five mad, and she forgives me pretty quick, but I haven't tried seven, so let's keep going. No, you're going to make her laugh too hard to tell her fucking joke. And see, the thing is, I don't know that the joke is actually funny enough for this whole build-up that it's now been. Oh, no, well, no, no, it better be. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's okay. I have another I have another card to it play. It better be, Greenlee. So she does. It's fine. I got another card. It's really fine. Good. Part two. Uh, okay, so... Did you mean rehearse them? See, I told you I could keep interrupting her. <laughs> Stop missing Cassie off. <laughs> Go up to the average person on the street and say, what do you know about King John? And the most common response is going to be, who the, the fuck, fuck is that, that guy? guy? Who the fuck is that guy? Or it's going to be, what, he's the guy from Robin Hood, right? Yeah, second most common response is going to be, is that the villain from Robin Hood? And the third most common response is going to be, he signed the Magna Carta in 1215. Because that's one of those pieces of history information <gasps> that, that sticks in your remember. Re- I forgot. In your brain. Yes, oh yeah, no, King and John. And none of those things are in this play. This is a play about King John, and the things that he is most well remembered for are, are not, not in, in the King show. John. Who did the Doomsday Book then? Why did I think the Magna Carta was like a king and a queen combo? No, it was King John. It was King John. I, no, I totally believe It you. was a big deal. Well, I learned well, that in like in, sixth it's, grade. It's, I don't it's, remember it's, why it was a big deal, but I know that. It's, it's in the Russell Crowe Robin Hood. Yeah, that's so... Why do we not remember that? They talk it about... It the Disney Robin Hood. <laughs> no, but it was in the <laughs> Russell Crowe Robin Hood. Robin Hood and Little John are running through the forest. Oh, look, there's King John signing the Magna Carta. <laughs> Limiting the powers of the king. But yeah, no, it is It is in the Russell Crowe Robin Hood. Yeah. Which I don't like. I do, actually. I, I, I enjoy the Russell Crowe. There's another Robin Hood that's coming out soon yeah. that I think will also be kind of weird. No, this, I mean, it's this not... This play it's, could only have been improved with the addition of Robin Hood. It's not my favorite Robin Hood, and What's, my favorite Robin Hood is not the Disney Robin Hood. There is... So, first of all, you're is wrong. Is it Man of Tights? No. Oh. My favorite Robin Hood is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh. Not because it's good. But because Kevin Costner's butt is really cute. Not because Kevin Costner's butt is really cute. But you admit that it is. I don't know if it's cute or not. Do you want me to pull the picture? No, I don't need to see Kevin Costner's butt. I'll pull you keep, you keep My talking. mom, okay, my mom liked it because Kevin Costner's butt was cute no, to keep her. Keep talking, I'll pull it up. Anyway, no, because in 1991 or whatever, when that movie came out and I was 10 years old and I was a, you know red-blooded American boy who wanted to run through the woods and hit people with sticks and stuff and, you know, be Robin Hood. It's Lamar Peter One. Yeah. The Robin Hood Prince of Thieves came out and had Christian Slater and, you know, there was a rich man from Nottingham who tried to cross a river. Oh, what a joke. He took a rope. rope. Now look at him shiver. Because that's what... That's that so much. That's exactly what Christian Slater has always sounded like. <laughs> he sounds like that guy. Ugh. Um, But, like, Little John was cool. And it had Alan Rickman. And it was the movie that made me fall in love with Alan Rickman. And I had no idea... Why with a spoon? Because why, it's why dull, not you idiot. It's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. No, it's the movie that made me, like, a lifelong... Uh, respect and admiration for Alan Rickman from that movie. You know, you know like to other movie? movies like to like Quigley Down Under and even to even to the Harry Potter films where he plays an asshole who is not redeemable. Oh no, why? Oh. <laughs> that's as bad okay. That's some nerd sniping in there. First of all, that's right. I said it. It's not Last that I disagree with you. recording when I threw the DeVere card out on the table. That was mean and it was unnecessary and it caused an unnecessarily loud fight. You just did the same thing. I did. 
I did. It's Snape, not Snape that I is not with redeemable. You. It's not that I disagree with you, but this is not that podcast. <laughs> we can have that podcast. We can. Sorry, that I, podcast. actually, I mostly threw that up there for my wife, who will never listen to this, and Tyler Ward, who will. Okay. All right. So, enough. but Robin Hood is not in this play. Right. And no, but he should be. He should because, be. I agree. Because King John and the Sheriff of Nottingham are Robin Hood's villains. Yeah. The legendary Robin of the Hood. His villains are King John and the Sheriff. Really? Because I think his villain in this is the best. Actually, I think it's really hard to pick a villain. There is nobody. No villain. Nobody in the. Who is the hero? There isn't a hero. Oh, no. No hero. The problem is, is it's a history. Who are you rooting for in this play? Eleanor. The bastard. You're rooting, uh, rooting for Eleanor? I'm always rooting for Eleanor of Aquitaine. Okay. Oh, always. You're rooting for the bastard? Oh yeah, I'm definitely team bastard. But I mean, I can't say no like Eleanor of Aquitaine. She's the reason the bastard gets cool anyway. I think if we have to pick somebody who like... Richard Plantagenet huh. because Eleanor of Aquitaine goes, I'll, I'll legitimize you. Because <laughs> Richard was her favorite. So, I... <laughs> Eleanor married him. Okay, so... She didn't Richard, marry the bastard. That's where the, plan, the Plantagenet came up to power. Yeah, but she didn't marry the bastard. No, not yet. So, <laughs> not with that attitude. That's King John 2. Electric Google. <laughs> Everything that's 2 is always electric Google. Well, yes, yeah, clearly. Because of Breakin and Breakin 2. So, electric Google. So, this play, like, I... I sat back for a while after finishing it uh, today at 4.30, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck was this well, see, and, and Robin Hood is not in this play, Yeah, but yes, all, of the best, all of the best adaptations of King John are Robin Hood movies. But they all miss some pertinent points. Like the Magna Carta. Like the Magna Carta, except for the Russell Crowe run, please don't have to sit in. I'm not saying it's great. You but just, it does have the guy who played Tree in Mystery Alaska in it. Okay. Um, so, and... Only, like, two people that listen to this are going to get it, and one of them is Michael Porteous. So, if he listens to it. No, he does. Oh, nice. Hi, Mike. So, when... I was trying to figure out, like, what's the theme of this play? And Ryan's right. It's a lot about, uh... Legitimacy. Legitimacy and, and secession lineage. and lineage and things like that. But at the same time... Power. We are, at the beginning of the play, we are no better than we are at the end of the play. Because Henry III is still going to take the throne, which he was going to at the beginning of the play. No, he wasn't, because at the beginning of the play, he wasn't born yet. That's Ca- true. He wasn't Cassie, born. That is splitting hairs. John's heir... <laughs> semantics! Semantics, Cassie! No, all right, all right, this guy that wasn't born was already going to take the throne... 13, 14 years before look, he was even born. Look, the, the line of King John continued just like it was going to at the beginning of the play. Beginning of the yes. play, King John is on the throne. End of the play, King John's son continues the throne. But in yes, the middle, King John's lineage continues. In the middle is all of this like, let's fight, let's not fight. Let me. I'm going to go find the best hill. No, I'm going to go find the best hill for nothing. But here's the thing. I think. But that's the story of King John. I think part of the issue in us maybe finding a theme, not finding a theme, is that we are approaching this from an American standpoint versus approaching it from a British standpoint, where you learn the kings and queens of England. And literally, John is referred to in that, like, recitation of lineage as Bad King John. That's how they're taught to refer to him. Bad King John. Bad King John. He's. Hands down, considered one of the worst kings that ever held the throne in England. But he did. He did one thing that made him important, and he signed the Magna Carta. And that was signing the Magna but, Carta. But what the Magna Carta did was limit the power of the king. Yes. Yeah. It so, limited the power of the crown. So all we see him do in this is limit his own power. He gives away his country that his mother brought mm-hmm. over. Well, part of his country. He gives away the French part of his country. Yeah. But but which, which, they were all French at that but point But it hadn't anyway. even been a full generation that that was part of English territory because Eleanor of Aquitaine brought that over with yeah. her in her marriage and then he gave it back to France to stop fighting in a war that he for started. his crown. But it's entirely possible that this play was written and existed just to be a way for English people to make fun of King Johnson more. That is, uh, that is, that is valid. That is totally valid. It could that could be the entire reason that Shakespeare wrote this. Was to make fun of King John some more. 
Just start as histories. History. Yes. Chronologically. Chronologically and also Chronologically. Chronologically the other way as well. Good. It's the first one in chronological order through the monarchs and also written first written chronologically. Yeah. Because he wrote this in the fifteen nineties, uh, most likely like fifteen ninety six. And it was published in the first folio in 1623. And all of the other histories were written after King John. Mm -hmm. And it is the worst. And it is also, could be, one of the tragedies. Technically Cleopatra, Anthony and Cleopatra. That's not a history. It's not a history. (laughs) Not a history. It happened in the past. Not a history. <laughs> Macbeth happened in the past. It is not a history. There was a King Macbeth. There was. I'm the one who told you that. It happened. <laughs> okay, Milton Adams. No, she's the bastard starting shit over here. No, uh, yeah, the, no, the Pope. Is. The Cardinal starting I'm the Pope. shit. You're the Pope, and I'm... What, am I the bastard? Or is Chase the bastard? Chase, Chase is the, the bastard. bastard. <laughs> Chase has got those little. So you're you're, you're in agreement. You're Philip II, and apparently that means I'm King John. Nope, Austria. I'm Austria. <laughs> uh, Chase, so I Chase did, okay. eventually is going to murder me. <laughs> I've been waiting for a segue to bring this up because oh, I'm tired of sitting on this information, and that's as good a place as any. If anyone's going to be King John in this, it's going to be me because. Oh, would you? Oh, she's got papers. I'm descended from King John, and this you're is my family tree. From King I am. John? Which means you're descended from Eleanor of Aquitaine. Well, and here's the thing, and I learned this actually today. I've known for years that I was descended from Eleanor of Aquitaine. My mom is a big genealogist. She loves to Mm -hmm. research family history. And so I think I was in high school when this piece of information was revealed to me. you're part of the Neville line, huh? Kingmaker. Kingmaker. Sorry. That's another play. And so I... The the story that mom has always told me is, yes, you're descended from Henry II and Eleanor of Aquitaine through King John and his mistress. Elizabeth and I went, okay, so it's an, it's an illegitimate, uh, that's why I don't have a, a stake in the British throne. You know, mo- other reasons too, but that one. All sorts of plenty of and other so reasons. And so then last night I emailed my mother and I said, hey, mom, can you please print out for me my line going back? Because if I claim to be descended from kings, um, they're going to require proof. Yeah, well, I, I would have. I would have said pictures or it didn't happen. And I have pictures or it didn't happen. And so mom brought this in and she handed it to me and she handed it to me with this page on top. And I was like, okay, Henry, John Plantagenet, Henry the Third. What is this? This is a this is the legitimate line, mother. She's like, yeah, that's one of our lines. So I'm actually descended from King John twice. I'm descended from King John by legitimate means through six kings of England, down through Edward the Third, and then. Uh, the Black Plague happened, and that got interrupted. And I'm also descended uh, through his mistress. Uh, which one? Warren? War- yeah, Warren. Richard Fitzroy is the illegitimate one. So what I'm hearing is that you're inbred. <laughs> yes. Actually, in a, couple different, in a couple different places on this line. Because so, oh, there's another Nev- there's a Neville on this side, too. Yeah, every time there's an oh. asterisk, it's where the lines overlap. So, so it kind of goes like like this in a weird double So your family tree is an hourglass. Yeah. Are you from West Virginia? No, England apparently. Well, England is England was the first West Virginia. <laughs> I'm glad that one of your crossing lines is Abram Morton. I feel Abraham like, Morton. He was a Revolutionary War soldier. I feel like that is uh, Abram Morton should be a villain uh, minion name. Thomas anyway, not good enough to be a whole villain, no, just a villain. No, villain this is minion. Thomas de Berkeley. That's a good villain name. Yeah. So yes, I am descended, and I and now I know that I am descended by legitimate means as well through six kings of England. Ooh. And then things went off the rails. And I asked my mother, I was like, "When did it go wrong, Mom?" And she's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And I said, "When I thought we were descended from an illegitimate line, but you're telling me we're descended from the legitimate line, and there's six kings of England here, and what happened? Where did we lose the legitimacy?" She's like, I still am not sure what you're asking me. And I said, why am I not the Queen of England right now? <laughs> why am I not? You off the rails. You, you go off the rails at Neville, which means the Kingmaker said, not you. <laughs> why am I not Queen Cassandra? So, Queen Cassandra, well, the re- the- my claim to the English throne happens after yours, as I am descended from Catherine Howard. 
Which is Henry VIII. But she got beheaded. Yeah. They never had any kids. Nope. So. His cousin. That's, that mind is still. Are we gonna have to fight? Are we gonna have to go to war? Okay, well, I'm. <laughs> the British okay, you know right, what hey, my, you know what? you know what my family hey, you know what doesn't do? It doesn't try to branch back into itself that I know. Uh, that I know. I know that. bet if we do enough research, we'll disprove that. Okay, statement. well, then I guess that being descended from from King Christen of Norway and the brother of Roller Lothbrook. Ooh, also. Or the ro- brother of Ragnar Lothbrook, which is on one side of the family, and then King Christen of Norway is on the other side of the family, has nothing to do with the British crown, and therefore. I do also have Rysot Thomas, the last king of Wales. He's actually direct, direct descended. And we're going to nerd out about genealogy. Okay. This yeah. is now the Shakes genealogy. And I, I, I want you to know that somewhere in the world, Joyce, my mother, just went, huh, I feel like I've taught her something. And then she went, Yeah, but all the Welsh and Welsh couldn't Welsh the Welsh out of your Welsh. I love Eat some when, links, bitch. I love Welsh. <laughs> when I'm my Welsh. mother dropped this off, she informed me that because she'd done this for me, I was no longer allowed to make fun of her obsession. With genealogy, which uh, I have nope, done frequently nope, and nope. will probably continue to do. Yeah. Oh, well, one more, one more fun story about this before I uh, let it go. Um, when I was in high school and I discovered this and I went to school and I shared this because I was kind of obnoxious as a high schooler and I was like, I'm descended no. from queens and kings. Hey, that's your wife. Watch it. <laughs> I know. I'm allowed Wait, to do that. Wait, Cassie obnoxious? In high school. You know in what? High school. You know what? And middle I school. don't think you're obnoxious at all. Thank Cassie you. obnoxious? But I went in and I was sharing this piece of, this tidbit, and I was like, yeah, I'm descended from Queen Eleanor of Aquitaine, who was Queen of France, and then Queen of England. And this smarmy bastard in my class, who I hated then and hate oh, now, um, who's like, so you could have been the Queen of France? Is that what you're telling me? You yeah. have a claim to the French throne? Why don't you go claim the French throne? And I was it, like, okay, uh, there's a few problems with that statement. First of all... There is no French throne. <laughs> first of all... There's a they, little thing they called they the fought, French they Revolution. They fought a really big war to uh, get they, rid of the French throne about the same time we did. They've been a democracy about as long as we have. Just just a little little tidbit there. little little uh, little story for you. It's called the French Revolution. Which is not Les Miserables. <laughs> Bill Hinton said that. No. Um, so more yes. accurately would be would be around the same time right. as uh, the Three Musketeers. So or, let's let's or, speaking uh, of legitimacy. Speaking of legitimacy, let's go back to this. So a lot of this play we've talked about has to do with legitimacy. Yeah, and we've got hence the flesh and blood IPA. Hence the flesh and blood, and uh, hence the arrogant bastard ale. We were both things tied together. We actually did a really good job of tying our things together. Today. We did. Um, I got to the store first, so I got the Arrogant Bastard Ale. Because I was going to buy the Arrogant Bastard Ale. <laughs> but I was there first. And I considered a victory. I also was hiding from him when he came in. She was. Um, so. I knew she was there. I saw her stupid license plate. Okay, thank you. So, thank you for not telling everybody what my license plate says. The people who know me know what it is, but nobody else needs to be able to find me. I was about to, to spell me. it out. Yeah, nobody else needs to be able to find me. So, King John, uh... Like, when I was thinking first, what's the theme? Also, I like to think about why Shakespeare decided to write this fucking play and what he's saying in it. So, King John is such a milk toast king in the beginning well, of this. he's a bad king. He's a bad king. He's a terrible king. And he has terrible lines, and he does terrible things, and his mother rules him, and he's so blah. Until it's time to kill his nephew and talk back to the Catholic di- diocese, I guess, to talk back to Rome. Well, that's actually one of the things about this play is that it is what the subject matter and what, what the play is based off of, like the historical sources of this play, are very anti-Catholic. Catholic. Well, and that's the thing. As we go forward in our quest to read all of the histories... I'm going to be very interested in seeing how Catholicism is portrayed. Because at the time that Shakespeare's writing, Catholicism is illegal. It's punishable by death. There's terrible things that happen to you if you're Catholic. Like, you don't get to live very long. (laughs) So, yeah, because of this, the Protestant Reformation and um, Bloody Mary... There's the, all this ill will towards the Catholics. I'm really interested in seeing how the Catholics are portrayed throughout all mm-hmm. of these histories. And John 
is only upstanding and kingly when he's talking back to Rome. The rest of the time, it's uh, wishy-washy, flip-flopping, and all the other things they say about well, this, this play this play is less anti-Catholic than the source material that Shakespeare would have based the play off of. Well, at the time, the the the, the, the material that he based the play off of was much more anti-Catholic, was much more anti. I, yeah, I don't know what the source material he was using was, but I, I don't have my notes, or I would have it in front of me. Yeah, to, why did like, you leave your notes at work? But these, I, I mean, forgot them. His father, his father, had Thomas Beckett murdered. Yep. Because Henry the Second, he wouldn't give him his way. Um, and it wasn't order the death of the Archbishop of Canterbury. Won't anybody free me from this troublesome priest? Is all he said. Apparently, history says that's all he said. And then I threw it out and killed him. I feel like we've got Henry the Second killing the Archbishop of Canterbury, and we've got King John going, "Fine, I communicate me." And then we've got like King Henry the Eighth generations mm-hmm. later going, "Hold my beer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and that's, that's Whole like new church. And Henry, Henry the Eighth. Finally, but you're talking 300 years later. He, yeah, fi- yeah. he finally did the thing that the English had tried to do before. That is Henry VIII finally did the thing that they had been trying to do, Tudor's which was tell family. Rome yeah. to go fuck itself, and we are going to have the Anglican Church now. And Henry VIII finally made that happen. Mm, I want. Yeah, I was kind of building towards that, but also we see. Okay, so something we've we got something proof we, of it from Henry the Second. Something and we John didn't talk and... about in here is is the beginnings of that kind of reformation, because part of what the bastard is charged with during I'm going to call it the Second War, because we have the First War that is ended by a marriage, the Wedding War, the Wedding the war. First war, and then the Second War, which is like the real war where people die and not get married and have their uh, heads ripped off, and have their heads ripped off. <laughs> first War. First half of this play is uh, romance. Second half of this play is tragedy. And but, then Robin Hood brings the statue of Arthur back to life. I know, it's crazy. I pulled the sword from the stone. Don't know what happens now. I'm super excited by now. But I'm Robin Hood. But I'm Robin Hood. Um, but I'm Spockus. Part of what the bastard is doing before he comes back and is like, oh yeah, yeah, don't worry, I found I found your mom, um, is he's going through all the abbeys and all of the churches and taking their money. So part of the... That's one of the reasons I like the bastard. Yeah, I do like the bastard, too. So put the priest in the sword and take their silver. He didn't put he didn't put them to the sword, but Should've. he did take their money. Um, Should have. Part of the reason that the Reformation took such a push forward in pre-Shakespeare time, just a little bit before, was that the Germanic princes had done the same fucking thing in 1492, they supported Luther. Mm-hmm. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. No, hold on. No, this was in the five hundred year. The year of 1483. Yeah, nailed the ninety-four pieces. It was the five hundredth year of the Reformation. Was this past year? Was this past year? Okay. Yeah. Either way, white somewhere out there, <laughs> Pastor House, like, bah! why don't you remember this stuff? <laughs> Do you know when the Reformation was? I should. I, there's a song. It's in my head. It's like, eh, well, the 99 Theses for everyone to see. Martin, Martin Luther, King of the Reformers. Okay, either way. Um, there's a Lutheran song. Davy Crockett? Yeah, he rewrote. The theme of Davy Crockett? Yeah, he rewrote this whole, like. King of the Wild Frontier? He yeah. Killed he, in a bar when he was like, okay. It, Weirdly, the second time the Davy Crockett theme song has come up in my life today. <laughs> Martin Luther? <laughs> yeah. did, did Martin Luther kill him a bar when he was no, only three? So I had this tape, because we had to learn all this stuff for catechism, right? Um, and I had this tape, and it had all of these reworked songs, so. It was like Genesis and Exodus, first of the see Leviticus and Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth and Samuel, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Jobin, Amos see, I can, as well. I can wrap the books of the Bible. Like an Ahab. So. so, like, that's how I remember Yeah, okay, I almost went to seminary. <laughs> and you can't name all the books of the Bible? And I can't, because... I can do it because when I was seven years old, I attended youth group when I wasn't supposed to, and I learned to rap. Nice. So no, I can I, 
I not only can recite the books of the Bible, I can wrap the books. No, of the my, Bible. my pastor, my she, pastor wanted me straight. to. Go. She's straight. Hey, 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 Beth. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've been stuck on this for a while. Didn't you direct me in a show where I assisted in murdering the Archbishop <laughs> yes! of Canterbury? Oh, that's yes. right. That's right. Yes, I did direct. I've been waiting for it to come up. I didn't bring it up. That's... I've been waiting for it to come up. I did direct Murder Cathedral by Samuel Beckett. Mm-hmm. Um, which is about... Mm-hmm. Which is, is, I thought, isn't that T.S. Eliot? Is it? Oh, it is T.S. Eliot. It's, it's, oh! it's about the death of it's T.S. Eliot. Thomas Beckett. Of no. Thomas Beckett. Yeah. T.S. Eliot. T.S. Eliot. T.S. Eliot. There's, a, there's a Beckett in there. There's a Beckett in there somewhere. About the death I've of had enough beers and it's been a really long week. Don't... No, I did have to Google it before I brought it up. Yeah. Oh, I had to get on the your Googlies. Your Googlies. Yeah, Murder in the Cathedral. One of a very one of my very favorite plays. I really love it. It's a delightful play. And And by delightful experiences I've been a part of. Like we had a really good cast. And by delightful I mean. And I'm an excellent excellent director. I am an excellent director. We had a lot of fun in that rehearsal process. It was. But here's here's something A lot of my swords were on stage for that show. Here's something that strikes me about this play in particular. When we are talking about this period of history and this period of history starting with Henry II and going through Throwing, going through the Magna Carta and yeah, and yeah. There is so much literature that has been written about that era and that time period and all of it is better than this play. So you've got <laughs> really? Murder at the Cathedral. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. The Lion in Winter. Lion and, Winter and you've got yes. every Robin Hood that's ever been so made. So why write this? So exactly. But because this was written long before the rest of them. That's, so that's fair. The main character in this is it, Robin Hood. Is it's not Robin Hood. It feels it is like now. it feels <laughs> like I'm going to rewrite this with Robin Hood. I'm going to scratch out bastard and write Robin Hood. We should so, we should do this where it's set on a playground. Everybody is children, we'll except Robin, Robin Hood, Hood is, like, randomly just running through the background. We'll take Robin Hood Jr. and we'll just, like, merge it in. Didn't, didn't somebody direct, didn't they say Robin Hood Jr. was done not that long ago? Yeah, well, it wasn't it. Robin Hood Jr. It's called The Somewhat True Tale of Robin Hood. Yeah, and that's yeah, okay. Just, yeah, Tyler yeah. We'll just take Tyler, the pages. Tyler directed that. That's we'll just I take thought, the pages yeah. like a deck of cards and shuffle them in and see what happens. Yeah, I love it. Well, that's basically King John. <laughs> so, that's how so, Shakespeare so wrote this. So what is this saying? This is, this is a lot of entertainment value. For the time, I'm guessing. Um, I don't know. If I was watching this, good God, they talk a lot. And it goes but, nowhere. But also, we talked about, what did we talk about? A couple, when did we talk about the last big battle one? Uh, Anthony. Anthony and Cleopatra. Tro- well, Troilus and Cressida had some battles. But An- Anthony and Cleopatra was but, kind of fun. But because Anthony it was, and Cleopatra had was, a lot of. There was a lot of action and he had gotten really into the fast movement pace of how to do it. This is a battle, but there's no battle. Everything so battle. The, the war with no happen. war. Yeah. Yeah. And that all the important stuff happens off stage. And it is. Well, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same trap that Henry V falls into. The most of the action happens off stage, but, but the important it, things are said. You know what Henry the Five is missing? Cat fights. Henry the Five. Henry the Five is missing cat fights. Henry the Five. I'm gonna and Robin Hood. It is also missing Robin Hood. But Henry the Five shouldn't have Robin Hood. Henry the Five. I'm gonna keep saying Henry the Five because she sounds stupid saying Henry the Five. I do. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Um. So. Of course, and this song, this this did not. This song. This was not good enough to even get a song. During the 50s. Robin Hood and Little John are running through the forest. Or, like Henry VIII was. Henry VIII got his own song, too. So, there are a couple of things that uh, do... Men are really great, I am. All right, enough, enough. I know that this play... By Herman's Hermits. All right, come on. We need to focus back on this. Why no, I'd rather this? talk about Herman's Hermits. Why are you Hermits? doing this? Okay, so... I would love that Beth has to be the one that gets us back know, on track. because I actually... I'm not going off track. I'm just sitting here. I read the play. I am. No, I read the play. play, too, and I'm enjoying you having, of all things, it's like I have karma. A, I have opinions about it. I know it's karma, though, that you have to be the one trying to get us back on track. What are your opinions? My opinions are that there are a few different running threats, but no theme. Legitis- legitimacy is one of them. Strength is a big one. Power... Right. So is the, a theme. So the bastard, I think, in all of his stupid soliloquies, which I think he almost has as many as Hamlet. Not really. His four. Hamlet is seven. I understand this. Please don't check me. Hamlet has six. Seven. Six. So, seven. Six. 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 Six
children. Six speeches. No. <laughs> I don't even care if I'm right. I don't we'll even... argue. We'll argue about it when we get to Hamlet. Okay. So we've got the bastard who's kind of running through this, and he has no point except to kind of stir shit. Stir shit, but marry all of this stuff into one through line. If you look at this play through the bastard's eyes, all of a sudden there are specific plot points that, that you make, don't see otherwise. That make a two-hour play. If you take the bastard out of this, well, this is we're just randomly like, like hopscotching yeah, between through. twelve. Well, that's because that's what happened is that Shakespeare board. took a Shakespeare took like a a twenty-year period of time. Yeah, and was like. I guess this hits the highlights of King John. Oh, except except it does not hit the highlights of King Wait, John. So this play also reads as made me. You made me think of this when you're like, this is if you look at it. Chase stepped British, away from the computer, so I hope that we screwed up the levels. No, he went to the potty at the other potty, the one we're not allowed to go to. Oh, the adult I mean, you potty. Can't go to that one. I don't want to go to that one. He went I, to the adult potty. I don't want to ever see it. I don't. I want to believe that it is magical and there's like a fountain in there with like. Oh gosh, I promise it's not. It's the unicorn. <laughs> it's the unicorn potty. It's the unicorn potty. There's somebody in there massaging feet all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he gets really awkward. It's the, it's Foot rub potty. Especially Greg when Greg is in there. Especially when their music's uh, up too loud. You guys his name is Greg. No, Greg. my cousin's married to Greg. Um, mm, unfortunate name Gre- choice. All right, Sherpa. So, so, so Greg Sherpa. Oh my gosh, you're as bad as me tonight. <gasps> the train. Look, the which, train. Which I would means say okay. wonderful. I would say this train what, was wait, derailed. Hold on, stop. Why are you offended as being as bad as me? I would be offended I'm, too. Don't worry. I am not offended at the comparison you to you, Beth. Rise. I am offended at the insinuation that I am responsible for things going off track when I'm just sitting here listening. Okay, the train. Like one would say, maybe this train has derailed. I don't think the train even got out of the station before it fell off the tracks. Look. Okay. So what I was going to say before you started talking about Chase coming back from the bathroom, Cassie mentioned Chase went to the bathroom. That this was, um. Like if we're not lo- if we're looking at it through an American eyes, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But if we look at because the we don't we eyes, don't learn of right. bad King John, we learn so, about King John signed the Magna, the first, Magna Carta. Yes. The first like two pages of this play, so the first like five minutes of this play, are all we get of the history. And if you don't know British royal history, you're lost. Well, you have no idea who King John is yeah. unless you've who, watched Robin Hood, and then you have they, a skewed perception. They make mention of Richard de Corleone. And yeah, he keeps talking about the you could steal the heart of a lion and things like that. And you're like, ah, it's probably Richard the Lionheart. But how do you, that doesn't, you yeah. don't know how that fits or who Henry well, II is or who Sean Eleanor Connery is. Well, not come in yet. It's true. I've and, got to give but, away the sprite. But this is kind of like fan fiction for the royals. Well, I feel like most of the histories are that way. And I, it's going to be troubling for me as we get further into the histories because at least reading King John, I have a frame of reference. Eleanor and Henry and the Plantagenets has been a period that holds some interest for me because I'm descended from them. You even look like her. <sighs> if I turn my head to the left and I squint. You just squint. <laughs> Don't forget to squint, Cassie. You look just... You look I brought it full circle all the way around. All the way back. All the way back. But because of that... I have a frame of reference for this point in history, and I know the Lion in Winter. I love the Lion in Winter. Well, um, Lion, Lion in Winter is a great play. It's a great play. But when we get into, like, the Edwards and the other Richards and... Okay, well, no, you can't say that about Richard the Third, though. It's a classic. I don't have... Uh, it's a classic But Richard, Richard the Third I know, is... I know Richard the Third. I know the Princes in the Tower. The like, second... I have that point. Oh, see, but we misremember history because of that. Yeah. Richard the Third is the second best history. That's not, that's not the point. Henry V is the best history. This is not the point or argument that I'm making. The point and argument that I'm making is because I am American and we don't do world history well, I have an interest in the Plantagenets because... not all Americans, the American education system... That's what I'm saying. I I was not taught... Was there even writing in the 1200s? I was not taught British... Stone tablets. I was not taught British history. 
what I know of British history is the British history that I have taken it upon You've myself to out. study, yes. Yes. which is Henry II and the Plantagenets and Henry VIII and the Tudors through the Reformation. Those are the two pockets of British history that I have found interesting, so they're the pockets I have studied. Yeah. So I have a War frame of, of reference. And, yeah. yeah. I have a frame of reference for this play. I'm going to have a frame of reference for Henry VIII. When do we get to Henry VIII? But yeah. all the other histories, I am going to be, be floating lost. I don't know what's going on. Who are these people? Okay, well, Where I'm, does it fit in? I, okay, I have a... Weepa Gregory. She'll tell you everything that happened, but I have, saucily. I have a novel for you to read when we get to Henry V, then. Okay. By one of my favorite authors. Beth actually loves this author as well. I do, well. I do. Bernard Cornwall and, is amazing. As okay. Bernard Cornwall, he writes historical fiction. Mm-hmm. And but it's it actually is, historical. Yeah. Well, some, some of he it. He researches. He so actually his, does research. Right. His and, Arthur series is really good, but it, I, it's... Well, it, Arthur is it's a tough one. Yeah, because did Arthur actually exist? Who was Arthur? Was he a Roman? Was he jumped a off a balcony. And he jumped off a fucking balcony in this place. <laughs> um, but no... Uh, Cornwell's book, Agincourt, yeah. is phenomenal for Henry Fox. But I actually it was it was it was my gift that uh I was Travis like got me for being Henry V right, yeah. was a copy of Agincourt. He writes very well. Right, and, I and I'll, I'll let you I'll let you borrow my copy of Agincourt yeah. before we do Henry V. She's a so I have person to lend books to because she's a librarian and she'll give them back. It's crazy. That's I still have true. a copy of a book that you gave me that I told you. Bad at this. No, I know. Um, I'll write your name in the begin in the front of it, you know, and then I'll put a due date next to it. <gasps> Sounds good. Please do. Will you stamp it. Um, I will. I'll get a stamp just no, for that purpose. We don't do that anymore. You know, every time I'm stamping stuff, especially for notary, <laughs> I'm like, I feel like a librarian. And I'm like, uh, we don't. Do I feel like either. somebody at the beginning of, but, yeah. of Indiana Jones. But X marks the spot. I yeah. even had. But getting back to the point that we were making, um, I have a frame of reference for this. So when I was reading the beginning and the opening, you I was like, yes, I know these people are, I know historically what's happened before. Yeah. We're going to get to the other histories, and I'm not going to have that, and I'm going to spend an awful lot of time on Wikipedia reading up on right, well, the line of succession and who We're going to have to read up and find out about like, Richard II. And, and so Richard III, King Philip of France, and and uh, Lady uh, Blanche, I had to look up to. I'm like, are these real people? Yeah, they are. And I did, well, I did. I did. Well, Philip II. I mean, you should have known about Philip II. Couldn't place him. There's so many times that French history and English history, and a lot of what I know of English history actually comes from French authors. Like all of the romances from early English, well, and most of, well, authors. most of the Arthurian legend comes yeah. from French authors. Yeah, so a lot of it. Lamorte to Arthur. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of it comes through, but you also have Thomas. I, you know, Thomas I, Mallory I, sometimes and I can't else, smoosh but. them together. Like, yeah, when I'm thinking about the different histories of around the world, it's strange to try to push them together into one. But as I was reading this, and I was getting through Act Four and started Act Five. That start of Act 5 was when I really went, wait a minute, hang on, pause. I need to go to the internet, I need to do some research and figure out these timelines, because uh, where did Henry come from? Well, you know, you know where the original tie between France and England is, right? Where? 1066. It always comes back. It always comes back, yes. 1066, 1252, well, well, these are the important dates. Well, 1066... 1066 is is particularly of importance to me because okay so you have Viking era Europe you mm-hmm. have you have the Viking era where the you know the blue eyed devils from the north are, are rampaging through all of England and Scotland and Ireland and France Russia everything and then in in the year 1066 Harold Hadrada mm-hmm. is defeated. By the English Duke Harold Godwinson at the Battle of Stamford Bridge in 1066. Now, what else important happened in 1066? The Battle of Hastings. Yes. So, what happened was the Vikings, the Viking era of Europe, ended in 1066 at the Battle of Hastings, or at the Battle of Stamford Bridge, by Duke Harold Godwinson defeated Harold Hadron. Harold Godwinson then turns around, does a two-week forced march, ends up at a little place called Hastings, where he is promptly defeated 
by Vikings that have been living in France for a while under a little guy by the name of William the Conqueror. <laughs> so they defeated the Vikings that were from Norway and Denmark and everything like that and were then immediately turned around and were defeated by the Normans, who were Norsemen, who had been yeah. living in France for a while. Normandy is named for them. So they were defeated by Vikings from the southern direction. And actually, that was why, for the next... 1066 was also the appearance of Haley's Comet. The next indeterminate period of time that I can't, I can't recall off the top of my head, that the English court spoke French. Mm-hmm. Because the Normans that had come from Norway and Denmark and everything else... Had learned French, you know, learned France. French, learned French while living in, you know, like they have an entire region of France is named for them, mm-hmm. and then they had, they became the Normans because they had integrated into into France, but they were still the same blonde-haired, blue-eyed, you know, six foot tall, you know, and then they decided like, well, okay, well now we're gonna attack England. Yeah. And they attack England, and that's why the, the French and English are tied so tightly together, is from 1066 onward. It was a constant back and forth between England and France, and it started with William the Conqueror. 1066 is also when Henry, the court of Portugal, was born. Who the fuck is that? I don't know, but you're <laughs> giving me a lot of stuff about 1066, yeah. and it has nothing to do with the king. But, but, I, but no, we were talking about the French tie, yeah, talking about and the, the French and the tie is important. It is, it is important, and the French tie here, though, has everything to do with Eleanor of Aquitaine bringing part of her down. But that, the, Ele- the Eleanor and Aquitaine thing would not have mattered, like, like the French tie goes I all the way back. It goes back 200 years before that, and that, like, it's just a constant switch back and forth. Whenever you've got a border nation that's of similar economic uh Yeah, but levels, it's not a border nation. It is a border nation. No, they have well, well, an that, ocean. At that time, them. then, there were no border nations. With, well, there's an, o- there's an ocean betwixt them. Betwixt? Not very much of one. It's yeah, but it doesn't matter. Nations. It is still an ocean. They ran a chain across it. And they would pull each other across but the, the chain. My, my overarching point is, I feel like one of the things that's going to be important for us to keep in mind when we read the histories is that we're not reading about our history. No. We're not going to be approaching it in the same way that audiences in Shakespeare's time would have, so it's more important right. to keep that question in mind of how would this have been received by the people of England when it was being performed? Because it's their history. It's like if we go and we watch... You know, a movie about JFK, or we watch or a movie about this 1776, or, or Hamilton for all you kids out there that yeah, give a shit about that's, that. That's our history. Those are things that we've learned about. Whereas we hit a few kings of England here and there in our history. Well, you lessons. learn about Henry VIII. You learn about King George. You learn yeah. about you know. Which but, King George do you learn about though? You learn King about the shitty King George, King George the Third. George George the Third. That's is, Elizabeth's daddy. But yes. George George the Third is the ass bag, no taxation without representation, yeah. and everything like that. He was crazy though. But <laughs> most, yeah. But the best part about uh, we won't even get into that. As I said, the yeah. best part about King George and no taxation without representation is Washington D.C.'s license plates that are literally say on them taxation without representation because D.C. has no yeah. voice. Yep. Anyway, but that's going to be important. That's neither here nor there. That's going to be important to remember going forward, and this is the starting place for that. As we look at this play, and we're like, "This is nonsensical." What is the plot? Why are we? It's less nonsensical to them because they know they have the frame of of reference for it. And it is not okay. Often, often King John is considered the worst play Shakespeare ever wrote. And I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it is. I I'm just saying I think it's gotten a I think it's gotten an unfair shake. You know you know that I'll go see just about any play. Mm-hmm. If I've got the chance of I, the I time, think, I'll I go think, see theater. I, I, I don't I am, know why I'd give up an evening to see this. I'm actually willing to say I would that once. I would you once. would. You would. You would go see it. Because you'd go you would go. You would go because I've never seen King John staged. I've gotta go to that. What you would go, who 
Stage. Do you need a seat for anything? No. You need I the wall, either wall of Angiers for the, the people that oh, yeah. stand on top of. Your mother was a hamster and your father smells of elderberries. <laughs> I would exactly. totally do this in a black box theater. Yeah. yeah. Chase, you have something to say. We're yes, doing this. We're, am, we're lion faces doing this. Part. I am more curious about the casket on somebody doing Troilus and Cressida than this. Because there's at least something to hang your hat on on this. Because really you've got the bastard there. I really hope that you continue to use the calfskin on that person as the balls of the arrogance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to I want to know about the calfskin on that person. No, I want to know about the calfskin on somebody who just toilets in Cressida because I think that's more of a mess than this I, is. I saw that the last time I went to the Shakespeare Festival in Oregon. That was People the, do toilets in Cressida. Cressida. Yeah. They don't do King modern, John. Yeah, you can bring it into a modern but setting. From a, from a because because from a modern standpoint, and we talked about it last time, is yeah. from a modern standpoint, Troilus and Cressida is valid. To be fair, he started to fall asleep. That's true, he's still falling asleep. Always. He's, he's been asleep That's the entire time. always tired, but... He's the incredible sleep. But I, I, I was up through all of Troilus and Cressida Part 1, and that's where the plot was. And There's a plot? <laughs> exactly. That's kind of my point. Yeah, it's because sleep with my niece. You sleep with my niece now. Yes, you sleep with my niece. You Speaking sleep with my niece. Everybody wrote my niece. Please? Shakespeare that I want to there punch. There is something in. more going <laughs> on. Here. Characters. Cassie wants to punch in the face. I'm gonna make his teeth bleed. <laughs> she, she wants to make his teeth bleed. I love it. But no, I, I mean, it. like, no, I actually like. I did say oh, when we were cool. when we were going through and we did the podcast, and actually, I've I found myself even with plays that I had. No interest in before. Um, plays that I had no interest in before, I would consider after the full in depth that we're giving all of these plays that I would like, you know, maybe I would direct that. And I said that after. I said that about Troilus and Cressida. That I would. I give it the old college try. I would boil this down to a 30 minute <coughs> And you would definitely keep Arthur jumping off the. Because yes. that's oh, like yeah. prime comedy. That whole scene is like. This one he reaps himself and like, fails. No, just the whole thing though. This, the, but this play, there are so many things that you could do with this. You gotta that, bring Herbert in at the end. I know his name's not Herbert. Humboldt or whatever. Humbert. It is. It's Humbert. You have to bring in Humbert. Hum. Holbert. Humboldt. Humboldt. Holbert. Holbert. H-U-B-H-U-B-E-R-T. Hubert? Hubert. You have to bring in Hubert at the end to be like, hey guys, he's not dead! And then lights. Done. So, that's... Like, right after Arthur, like, you watch Arthur 
slam Jump. to death. Here comes like Salisbury, watch... here comes Pembroke, and then in runs Hubert going, guys, guys, I didn't actually kill him. And then they just and then all like, of a sudden, like they part. You see his broken body. Yeah. No, you have right. to show you have to show that before you do the lights out. It's got to be Arthur's not dead after all. And the two dukes look at each other, look behind them, and put them. They move the ground, like move out of the way. And look at Hubert, and Hubert goes, "Ash, fuck." <laughs> yeah, that whole bit is prime comedy. It is, and in fact, in but my, no, like, in my I, annotations, it actually it just says a comedy of errors. <laughs> but no, I actually like as we do these, and like I've staged one of the most difficult Shakespeare plays to do for the first play I ever directed. I like doing the things that are the challenge. Well, I tell my kids all the time when they ask me, how do I choose what shows I want to direct? And I tell them it's usually either a show I'm really passionate about, or it's a show that I have huge problems with and I want to fix it. I'll still never direct R&J. I will. I'm doing it next year. There's no fixing. And you know what? You're using the concept that we have talked about tonight. Yeah, no, I'm I'm staging it on a playground and I'm making them all kids to highlight. There's still no fixing R&J. It's still garbage. Well, but anyway, you'll go see what Cassie directed because you love her. Well, I do love Cassie, um, but no, like I would, I would direct this play. I would have a hard time with this play. Cut so much of it because so much is repetitive. You can I just would, get rid of I Salisbury. would, but you okay? But you I have, would, I would have to make cuts. Whenever you direct this play, I get to play Eleanor. I don't precast. If she gets to be Eleanor, I get to be Constance. <laughs> I don't precast. You want to have a slap fight? But I will. I will keep in mind that I need to make you guys slap. I have a fight. family tree. I know. Yeah. I'll bring this to audition. I'm guys... super obnoxious. That's true. I will make you guys slap fight in auditions. Excellent. We'll do. It. Oh, they really get at each other. Worst in laws in the world. Uh, but no, under, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't precast on my audition but... form. I'm just gonna. You're just gonna my be staple tree. that. Just staple that to it. But no, like, I would, I would, I would direct this play. I would also, I would cut it heavily. Mm, get it down mm-hmm. to about an hour. An hour 15, hour and minutes. a half. We'll make it a one act. Hour 15, hour and a half. Like, hour and a half. Like the handle of an axe. Um, hour and a half, hour 15. Make this thing, like, make it snap. Because there's no way you're putting this on. As written in less than four hours. It's, it's, yeah. It's as like, written, this motherfucker takes like four hours. And that's one of the reasons that it's garbage. Now, if you start, you start cutting things, you start moving along, you make most of it about, you know, how awesome the bastard is compared to everybody else being terrible. Oh, you, keep in, you keep in Eleanor. Mm-hmm. We had a pin. Yeah, what's the pin? The pin is in the bastard is the fool. <gasps> the oh yeah, yes. I agree. I definitely agree with Beth on that. So there's, I feel like there's almost always a fool. I think that we've disproven one where I'm like, there's no fool in this play. Um, but at, at this point in time of the night, I don't remember. But the bastard, his only purpose is to stir up trouble and make people laugh. That's it. I don't even know why he's here. And in fact, his first introduction is simply like. Hey guys, I found something weird. It's a curiosity. Come. Watch. He's right up on the same level as Thursdays. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's a lot. When I was reading this, I'm going along going, okay, we got Eleanor, we got, she's talking to John, she's talking about the claim to the throne, I'm on board with all this political stuff, and then literally, who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck Why is, this is guy? he here? Why are we talking about this plot point? Yeah. Why are we derailing this plot three pages in for like eight pages he's, of... He's super loyal, but those eight pages are only to introduce this dude who then everybody who meets him is like, who are you? Why does John keep you around? Why are you around? Why are you doing this? Oh, you're his bastard brother? Why is he keeping a bastard brother? He can't even have like a nephew with a vague claim to the throne without wanting to poke his eyes out with hot pokers. Sounds painful. But he's going to keep this bastard around who does, like, if everybody else is dead and you're looking for a Plantagenet, grab one. <laughs> Why not? Grab one off the bushel. It's the only one that's ripe at there's, this point. There's 
ton of them. There are a ton of them because there's all those kids that Eleanor and Henry had that you needed to just lay don't off. Don't even make you it into just go to bed early. Stop. Go to bed early. Just stop. Put some aspirin between Take your a legs. Nap. Get some. Get some fucking pillows. Yeah. Call it a night. Something. Something. But he keeps this guy around who does nothing good for him, and in fact tries to entice him and another king to start a war and destroy his own town for no reason. Start a full war for no reason. And he keeps coming back and he keeps coming back and he keeps coming back and I don't know if he's supposed to like represent how we actually feel about this like we're all children of Richard the First. No, he's just this. What? He's, he's just this dude. We're, we're all children we're all, of Richard well, the First. So there's this line. Where? Where is this? Like, where are you getting that? Well, there's a line. Like, whether like we all children uh, of Jesus? Yes, we're all children of Jesus. Well, but they talk no, about not, they talk about Richard like he is some divine, but they also talk well because I mean he is Richard the Lion. I already ripped the heart out of a lo- fucking lion. lion. Through its goddamn throat. So, but why does this guy keep popping up over and over again? Why do we have him? We can't bother to introduce important political characters like Pembroke or Salisbury, but we give this guy eight pages to introduce him? He's got to be the connection the audience has to these very historical characters, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what he's there for. Yeah, that's what you would do if you were writing a novel. You'd put a common person in there to kind of interact, right? Every man. So if he's there, every man... Why is he so obnoxious? Well, every man is really obnoxious. I mean, there you could, if you really wanted to overthink things. I and I do. You could talk about him as an everyman and talk about his unquenchable thirst for Ooh. violence and revenge. Who, and that that's why every Chase. Everyman. Oh, I don't remember. Mrs. Do you, Ream is yelling at me from. That's why Chase somewhere. is the bastard. Because of his unquenchable yes. thirst for violence and revenge. But you revenge. could, uh, if you really wanted I, to overthink things and read in way too much symbolism, you could yeah. you could look at the bastard as an everyman who, when everyone around him is striving for peace, he's still the one thirsting for war. What? No, and there's Robin some Hood. kind of commentary that you can. The bastard make from is Robin Hood. That. I've solved the problem. There's some kind of commentary that you can make from that. In terms of, we don't really desire peace. We do just want war and to fight all of the time because we want to come out on top and we want to be right. And that's the overthinking. Ooh, but I like symbolism your. I like your heavy. over. But I like your overthinking for one thing. When we talk about the everyman, which is a concept we have yet to discuss in any of these podcasts. So in the play, the everyman, which is. I just looked it up because it's been a really long time since I've read it. It's anonymous. Yeah, um, it's it's one of those. But one of the things progress plays. Yeah, one of the things in the Everyman is that he continuously meets characters that are death with a capital D, prosperity yeah. with a capital P, all yeah. of those things. The bastard in here does often more than the rest of the characters talk about fortune with a capital F. Mm-hmm. Death with a capital D, that kind of thing. So he's often talking about these uh, lofty ideals personified in a way that the other characters aren't. I'm gonna have to. Oh, I'm not rereading this play. I'm not rereading this play. <laughs> but I kind of want you to be like, "Am I right? Does that because it feels like it's right? Because he, it feels like he was often talking about like uh, death coming and and and." Um, all of those soliloquies he had about uh, commodity and things like that. Commodity is with a capital C. Mm-hmm. So, I that's kind of an that's an interesting thing that I hadn't noticed that yeah. I had never thought of. That's my really role, like Beth. That's you what make I try me, to that do. That is what Cassie does. <laughs> she try to do she, with every she, play. You, at least once. you give me at least one brain explosion of oh my god, I didn't think about that somewhere out there. One of my teachers is going, but that's why I taught you every man. That's why we talked about it so much. 15th century literature is important. Yeah, but English, English teachers English teachers also tell you that every single story ever written has important fucking symbolism to it. And There's only just three, not so true. it's fine. It is just not true. All right. So what other thoughts, if any, do we have on King John? Um, Robin Hood 
Prince uh, of Thieves. I'm now done with the word Robin Hood, period. Disney's Robin Hood and uh, yeah, Robin Hood um, Robin adaptations. Hood what I, adaptations exist? There's a film version of King there? John. There is. Um, it's probably garbage. I don't know. I've never seen it. I haven't either. I feel like I should mention that I referred to my back end as my Lady Cluck ass earlier. If we're going to talk about Robin Hood and the Disney version, <coughs> as I slammed somebody out of my way. Okay. Was that uh, was that Anne? It was. I thought that it was. She was in my way. But no, I really don't have a whole lot more to say about King John because we've said Robin Hood enough times. I think I'm yeah. really glad that we read it. I feel like it yeah. was important, and I feel like uh, well, I, I a mean, more elitist move, person for having read this play. If we're going to move forward with things like Richard II and things like that, it does help to have the background yeah. of... We have to decide next, are we following the Richards, or are we going in historical... We have a timeline that's on the first. We do, but there's yeah. a chronological order. I mean, it says that we were doing Ricky the first tonight, uh, but... <laughs> either way, either way, we'll discuss Technically, that we did. We did Ricky the first tonight. Technically... If we refer to King John as Ricky the First, it's better. Well, Ricky the First is mentioned at least in the first couple of Coeur pages. Coeur de Leon! Coeur de Leon! Coeur de Leon! Coeur de Leon! I plan on flushing. Fresh from a throat. You got a lion heart in your throat? Or are you just happy to see me? Coeur de Leon! On that note. <laughs> and on that note. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenlee. I'm Ryan Hatfield. I'm Chase Greenlee. This and got weird at the end. And this has Dude. been the Shakespeare Podcast. Say goodnight, King John boy. Goodnight, Good night, King, King John, John boy. boy. What Paul? The breezy and uneasy king of England. The snivelling, groveling, measly weasel.